Hi, and so awesome to have you here on my podcast, Change and Perspective, your podcast for inspiring new ideas for a conscious and sustainable life while traveling and at home. My name is Katrin David. Join me on my adventure to more positivity in the world. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here and want to spend some time here with me. I'm currently in Sabah on Borneo and this interview is again about communities, about indigenous people and it's similar to the last interview which was uh, in Sarawak, also on Borneo, but like in, uh, in detail about damming. You should really check it out, I put the link in the bio, it's really really good. Uh, but this time it's about an organization in Kota Kinabalu in Sabah and yeah it's just incredible that I can I had the opportunity to talk to another organization and kind of put some more pieces together and um, get a more complete picture really so um, but I have to say but this interview was quite spontaneous and that's normally not a thing for me but yeah I saw the opportunity and just took it so The sound is not perfect and I really took a lot of time to edit this podcast and I felt like, okay, it's not per perfect, but if you want to just take away the key messages, I recorded a long outro, like the last section of the podcast, just me talking about the key facts and the most important things. So if you really like don't understand what they're saying which is totally fine just hop up to the end and yeah listen to my summary but i still really wanted to share the voices of my two interview partners which are didi nelson and gallus and they are both members or employees for pacos it's uh pacos stands for partners of community organizations in Sabah. so they are supporting indigenous communities in Sabah and they have like three main goals. The first one is um, the core one which Galos take, talks a lot about because he's into land rights and um, yeah they want to basically ensure that indigenous communities have legal titles on their customary land which is called NCR so native customary land You will hear the NCR type uh, thing later on some more times. Um, and the second one is they want to strengthen indigenous knowledge and they want to make sure that they can manage and essentially also have their own resources. And the last one is they want to share positive values, their culture, language and belief systems. Yeah. So like I said, it's a lot about land rights in this podcast, which is super interesting because traveling here around and seeing all the palm oil plantations and I thought a lot about how is it possible and how is the whole process behind it. And uh, yeah, so we talk about that and we talk about the problems, but also the solutions and even on a global scale what, what they think we can do. and essentially also why they see themselves and essentially we also talk about why they see themselves not only 
are actually not really as protesters, but rather as protectors. So yeah, let's start! Welcome back to the podcast. I actually got another interview. It's quite spontaneous, but I'm super happy and grateful to talk to even another organization working with indigenous people. And um, they got a holistic approach. They basically want to empower the indigenous community to stand up for their rights. And um, yeah, we will see what they also got to tell, what they are doing especially. And um, it's really just super interesting to speak and to hear from them. And um, yeah, I got two, two people sitting right here now. One uh, from the social media uh, <laughs> department. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and um, your name was? Gallus. Gallus, um, working for land rights land here rights. for indigenous community. Yes. Okay. So maybe we um, think it's um, for us listening, not so easy to understand what you're actually doing on a day-to-day -day basis. How are you actually empowering the people? What are you doing? Like, what would be a normal day? How are you helping the people? So, yeah, um, my name is Didi Nelson. Um, basically, uh, in this organization, uh, um, uh, Pacos Trust, mainly to empower indigenous community, in, especially in Sabah. So we look at uh, holistic um, manner, um, which is um, regarding the issue that indigenous community face faces in um, in Sabah. So we look at um, social economic development, um, education system, resource management, and the adapt which is culture and custom. So um, back to this holistic manner, um, we look at this um, issue. Uh, people in Sabah or anywhere around the world, the indigenous people, um, their main um, uh, their land. Other land. Their land. land. So mm -hmm. all of these um, the five ish, uh, five program I mean five holistic manner that I just explain is we look at their land because all of their culture, their custom and their development in this particular village, they all depend on their land. Once you destroy this their land, they have like they couldn't do anything because that is their part of their life, especially for the indigenous community. So would you say indigenous communities have a deep connection to the land, comparatively also to us from Europe or city people maybe? Would you say it's yes. a deep connection? Yeah, we have uh, our deep connection with the forests, with uh, forests, rivers, land. It's like a biosphere. Uh, everything interconnected. When you when we we lost one of um, um, it's like a chain reaction. If you lost one of the chain, uh, it started um, like it's, it, it's destroying in this place. Bigalus have some. Yeah, hi, I'm Bigalus. Yeah, uh, basically, uh, what I'm doing is more uh, awareness and possibility for the community. 
capacity building. Capacity building, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, one of the main issues here are uh, land rights. Yeah. Uh, in Malaysia, we, we have a different uh, set of law. Uh, different in Peninsula, Malaysia, different in Sarawak, and we have our own in Each, South, each in state South. has its own yes, laws also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So here we have a Sabah land ordinance. Uh, the law we inherit from the British uh, government. And actually, uh, according to this law, uh, it's that very clear that indigenous people here, we call it native, here we call also native, native of Sabah, we have uh, rights to own the land uh, to the custom. Yeah. But what happened? This good law, not all our native or indigenous peoples know about this. We hope this new government will do something to translate this uh, law so the community, the native, uh, know their rights. Yeah, this is a big problem here. All the village that we visit, they never aware. They never know that they have a rights to own the land through custom. Yeah. So when people are coming and try to take their land, and in the past they didn't know mm. they have a right yeah. to keep it. Yeah, so the yeah. government said once they give a land title, once the government issue a land title to the outsider, then when, when the outsider uh, get the land title and want to develop the land, then sometimes they just chase out the community said that I, I have a rights to that land. This is a title from the government. Mm -hmm. Then for the community, for those who are not away their rights, then they try to fight. But sometimes the company they using uh, sometimes using police and so mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what we doing we some of the laws that important to the native we are translating mm -hmm. to the community yeah. to tell them that they have a rights. They have a rights according to the law to own the land based on their custom. There's many cases that community lost their ancestral land. They just simply give a land title to the outsider without check, without uh, consider that the land is actually ancestral land. So just yes. some companies or people can come and uh, the government in the past didn't really check, okay, is there native, is it native land? Are there yeah. people living on the yeah. land? And um, how is it now? I mean, if there would be yeah. situation, people would come to their land and they say, hey, I have a title. So mm -hmm. now the indigenous people know, no, it's my land. So they mm -hmm. know their rights, they know they can fight. And uh, are you supporting them even further than if this happens? Yeah, when someone applying any uh, plot of land in Sabah, there's a procedure. First they apply it, then there's a one section is very important, it's under section 13. It's a, it's a notice to inform the village involved in the application 
if there's any NCR claim or objection, they must uh, do a complaint. So when companies come, they check it and NCR claim. The department. Yeah. They have a responsibility to check whether this application no overlap with NCR. Okay. Once they're going to check, is for example, in they receive one application. The problem is this village is far from the department. So even though the department produced the notice, section thirteen, yeah. So they put a notice. Yeah. Notice normally you put a notice board in the department. Okay. The land and survey department. Each district they have a land and survey department. You must produce the notice. It's difficult for the community to every month to come to department and check if they're outside the applied land. How much time do they have? So when there's a notice, only three months. Three months. The notice is thirty, not three months, thirty days. One month. One month. Yeah, the notice one month. Only when no objection, and then the department will proceed to another step. So the our role because because land is main issue because yeah for a program for issue yeah in because. Uh, also, fight for the community, fight in court, uh, in a pro bono basis. Yeah, we have a one good lawyer, yeah, who uh, now did uh, more than 50 cases in high court. In so that means there is a procedure, <coughs> and you are uh, teaching the indigenous people yes. what their rights are, yes. and in case um, someone puts a notice and tries to. Um, yeah, tries to get their land basically. You are helping them even further. And is the government following this procedure or are they trying to somehow get around? Because yeah. I also talked um, to someone who told me about um, the case in Mulu National Park mm. where there were actually graveyards and people claiming yeah. the land, mm. but they're still trying to put plantations yeah. there. The problem is it's difficult to, to know whether they produce a notice or not. Yeah. But that's why in Pahos, together with the community, uh, one is to make the Section 13 clear. Yeah, and it's supposed to be sent to the village. Yeah, to the village headman or... To actually uh, hand over so that yeah. he gets so it they must, by hand. There must be acknowledgement that this community received this Notice section 13. So if the community receive that application and then they don't do nothing, then that's not fault by the government. But if they receive it, then they lodge the complaint. Then the government must settle the issue. But what happened is very different. Yeah, not like what the law said. What is important, I think, now for the, this new government to make sure that this good law must be implemented. Because if they follow the procedure, they 
eating the escalates can be said. Yeah. That's uh, about the ownership. And then we also have an issue with the resource management. Resource management? Resource management, yeah. Because many villages are still living in or near or inside the forest. Yeah, they still have a rich biodiversity. And then uh, now we perhaps uh, try to uh, together with the community to lobby for the government so the traditional knowledge, traditional system, management system uh, will be recognized by the government. Yeah, we have uh, different ethnic group, they have a different kind of system. So yeah, every, every family has their own They have, uh, so what you say, each community has their own um, ways of living, yes. their own procedures, yeah. what they are doing. Yeah. They are all self-sustaining or are they living from what they get from the forest and yeah. they only, okay? Yeah. For example, in uh, the Sun community, we have uh, terms. Uh, we call it uh, in our own language. We call it Bogdiguna, or uh, it's uh, use and protect concept. Yeah, to maintain the forest, the nature. It's uh, because sometimes the conservation to, to conserve this one no. <laughs> The community protect their nature, their resources. Yeah. It's really interesting what you're saying. So basically, what you said, some um, people trying to conserve the land, they say, okay, humans are always bad for the land. We don't, we shouldn't use anything. Well, it's not true. It's just people, when they get greedy, when they want to take more, 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 yeah. then you don't do good for the nature, don't yeah. do good for the environment. But people, It's interesting to hear when people have a deep connection to their land, they know what they can take to actually make it flourish even more, make it grow even more. That's really interesting. Yeah. And yeah. it does make sense because some people say that indigenous people are like the guardians of our biodiversity mm. or the guardians yes. of the forest. Yeah. It really is true. Yeah. Would you say? It? Yeah. 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 That's why we hope this new government will do something. So, in Sabah, even our law since British time, but only now the terms native customer right NCR use widely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then the first NCR case was only in 2007. I remember when we talked NCR. The, the party, the government, not really want to listen. Yeah, when after the first case won, then because we still we continue to give awareness and yeah, uh, empowering the community to protect their own resources, their own land. It's getting more yeah. and more awareness. Land yeah. rights is getting more and more yeah. important. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. the. Even the terms of NCR also, last time they didn't know. They didn't NCR. want to. They didn't want to recognize and yeah. accuse us or 
Yeah. I mean, it's good for them if people don't know their rights, if no one knows about NCR, no one's going to claim it. So the government has free will, whatever they want. Yeah. So it's good that you are doing uh, educating the people. You are the protesters, you protest something. Actually, we are the protector. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so true. Yeah. 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 So, when you say land rights is the key factor of your work, how yeah. does it um, fit together with what you said, social, social aspects or um, resource management? How, what are you doing? Like, when you look at the bigger picture? When it's about uh, land rights and um, uh, translating the rights and uh, telling them how to use their rights, so it's about land, land grabbing land use, land rights. And uh, what are the other aspects? When you, what are you specifically doing when it comes to social aspects or resource management? You mean like spreading the, what we are doing? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, one key issue in this particular village and then we try to um, interview key sources of uh, in this particular village and they sell uh, they, when they tell about traditional traditional knowledge and then we, we analyze and do some research and then when we do this research and then it's and then we spread it through um, Uh, newsletter last time, mm -hmm. just newsletter, just to go to this interior village. Um, we shared what they share, then and also shared to the international level. Too. Mm -hmm. So nowadays, mostly we use um, Facebook, you know, Facebook, media, especially media social. But sometimes uh, we have, uh, uh, for example, we have this activity. We want to send something to the government and then we ask some of the reporter to go and do some media coverage sometimes also they they don't um, they don't really like 100% the you know are reported mm -hmm. so some of it will be cut short yeah so and also sometimes the misleading information um, last last government um, For example, um, in my own village, we have a big uh, issue regarding the mega dam. So, yeah, we um, we try to share what happened in in our particular this this place, and then we ask uh, reporter to highlight our main issue and some of the um, big um, news. Uh, owned by some uh, government, you know, they try not to, you know, scratch the truth about what happening. Instead, they like some minister. Uh, they will justify the building of the dam. It's like 100%, percent, All of the statement will be shared in newspaper and so on. But when we try to express our um, issue. And it hardly, rarely see any of this um, statement that we try to share, and to, especially for the city people, we try to reach the people who need this source because this dam will be built for water supply and also for electro 
electric. Electricity. Uh, electricity, sorry. Hydroelectric. So, yeah. So, we try to explain the alternative and so on, but the best way also, we use uh, media social just to justify the issue and just to tell people that what should we do. There's still some alternative to be, to, can be done. Not just build them uh, and destroy forests, uh, our river that, that we've been used for like 100 years, you know. There might be even people, like you said, in the city, they are also affected by the dam and they don't even know about it. Yeah. Because they are not, they don't, they don't know what's happening in your village. Yes. So you are trying to spread the word, you're trying to connect yeah. also with other organizations. Yes, and, yes. Um, it's interesting. And also, to, um, I imagine if there are different communities and you are Pakos, you are like the connector. Yeah. You are trying to, um, there's a problem in yeah. one village, maybe another village can help. Yes. We we act as a bridge, bridge to this area and this area. So we, we cannot just look at this village. We also look at this um, downstream people who will be affected when the dam we build burst. <laughs> Hopefully not. I mean, no no dam. So we try to make them understand that why do this indigenous community try to protect this area. Because uh, last time in 2014, we will be recognized by the um, UNESCO um, for uh, World Heritage World Heritage for Biosphere oh, Man Man yeah. Yeah. Man and Nature Living yeah, Together yeah, like a Biosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. we've been recognized by the UNESCO, but still government, our own government, don't want to recognize it. They just like bulldoze it. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you yeah. think that is so? Is it because of money or um, uh, what? For water, for they water. save for water. But you think the I think they spend. Um, I just want to say they will. It is to do with money. I think yeah. Yeah, corruption and so on. So that's why we try to bring up the alternative um, forum for people in city and from the village and we uh, bring some of the expertise people to just share what they know about them and what are the alternative and also so yeah i mean we still disappoint after the new government because they use this issue one of them manifesto election election manifesto to bring up the cases for them they said we will um, Cancel the we will we will scrap the dam. But actually, after a few months, they did say that the dam, the dam will be cancelled. But so they they just changed the name, but the place is still the same. So that's why this year is our tenth anniversary of struggling. No, ten years. Ten years. So we might be pushing for another 10 years again. <laughs> Where do you take... Where do you take your energy or motivation from? I imagine, I mean, fighting, for example, 10 years just on one issue, and there are several issues going on, I imagine, yeah. at the same time. I think we have our motivation and support from the supportive NGO too, and especially for the family, friends, and also the community, because 
the whole community there uh, around nine village uh, they don't want the dam to be built there because they realize that this is their ancestral land they don't want to be submerged and that for me as a youth uh, give us strength to help the community too because one of the key um, movement um, for this village is the youth because we have access to information and yeah and then we still uh, we can find some research info report regarding of the uh, dam and our main support and motivation is from the village itself and also the NGO especially Pakos, uh, Sepa, Clear, Save Rivers we have so many um, networking going on yeah. it sounds like uh a problem or a bad issue can sometimes also reunite or bring people together yeah. and feel that there's okay there's one case and we all want to protect it yes. that makes you even stronger yeah, yeah. so um, i think a few weeks ago uh, one of our colleague uh, youth from the village attend the uh, one of the seminar in philippines they also go and exposure visit to another place also have the same issue yeah. about the dam in, in, in Philippines. Mm -hmm. So that's why we send our youth to go there and then bring back the info and share it with the community. That's mm -hmm. why when they, the community saw us like we really fight for it and then they, they believe, uh, they believe you know? mm -hmm. and then motivate themselves. Yeah, so we share some photo, video, just to share with them. Then they believe that there's still more can be done to fight for the rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's about uh, getting the positive facts louder than yeah. all the problems yeah. that surround you. Yes. Do you also feel positive about the future when you uh, think about also like worldwide uh, the climate change climate change and yeah. CO2 emissions going on yes because we are we we believe that if we you know uh, don't destroy the land the forest uh, we we also make a, some small key changes of um, combating the climate change because nowadays they destroy forests they log they turn it into palm oil plantation and the rivers become so muddy and we, we don't like that we used to we used to live in a peaceful peaceful place about the climate change yeah um all around the world no they're destroying <laughs> yeah they're destroying everything so we want to make sure that we don't um we don't destroy our places, especially in Sabah. We try to protect it. Yeah. It's your and, home. Yeah, it's our home. Yeah. And because um, the the land, the forest that we trying to protect today is not ours. It's from the next generation will be uh, inherit the places, not us. It's our future generation will. Inherit that we don't want to inherit them the place that we destroyed. Then sometimes maybe they will curse us because of oh why our grandfather, grandmother, and you know people last time they don't protect this. 
we live in this you know, destroyed uh, area for us to suffer. No, in the I imagine, is it uh, similar what indigenous communities face problem-wise worldwide? I imagine like also in yeah. Peru, so... Yeah, it's almost same because we have uh, same concept about the land. No land, no life. Mm -hmm. yeah. For the climate change, if the government really want to the climate change issue, they must protect or uh, encourage traditional knowledge system because yeah. we it's true we have our own system how to protect the uh, nature you have the knowledge and we can actually learn from you yeah. how to conserve it yeah. and i think there's a lot of pressure internationally on climate change yeah. how, how governments need to change what they are doing and not yeah. focus on money and profit Yes. Because otherwise uh, we can't do profit with mm. when there's nothing left. Yes. So one, yeah, for example, in Sabah, one of our traditional system already in our law is a we call it Tagal River. Mm. Yeah, we have a traditional system how to manage the fish the river. They want to manage this river and fish, but certain area you still can fish. Mm so would you say imagine if we would uh, apply all the laws and all the knowledge you have maybe worldwide in our law would you say that this would be a solution to keep our resources if we actually know what we should do how to preserve it and live from from the nature at the same time yeah i think yeah i think that's the option now the, we want to establish the community protocol for example if they, they want to manage this area they, we must follow this community protocol in this community protocol uh, from the community themselves yeah, not only to protect the outsider and uh, yeah from across to their area but also for themselves that's really beautiful yeah, yeah i think um What I can just say is uh, thank you. I think I can speak for, for everyone listening or for everyone that, um, that is learning from you because I really think that you're doing a important work and not only as PACOS but also as people that are deeply connected to the land and that know what they are protecting. And uh, I think we can learn a lot from you. And um, yeah, I can just say thank you for your time and uh, Thank you for your amazing work. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you had some really good takeaways from this interview and learned hopefully as much as I did. And if not, if you just hopped on here to the last section and if you um, yeah, were kind of struggling with the sound, don't worry. I want to sum up now here most of the important facts and um, give an overview about The whole conversation. So I want to start with the most important message which is no land no life. That's what um, the indigenous people understood. That's what actually also accounts for us but maybe we kind of forgot but they got a really deep connection to their land 
they feel connected they see that they see that everything is connected and they feel like if we lose one thing we can destroy everything else and um, so they know what they want to keep and why and the real problem is essentially you can imagine like their communities they are staying on their land like for several years maybe I don't know if, if hundreds of years but several years a long time on their land and uh, one day and sometime people are coming and trying to take their land and a long, for a long long time they didn't know that they actually have a right to own this land so Pacos is educating them and working with lawyers translate the laws which are only in English at the moment so that their communities know okay it is actually my land and I can fight for it on a legal basis. The thing that they have to fulfill is that they are living on the land and using it for several years already. This would be a case of NCR which means native customer rights claim and the first one occurred only in 2007 so 12 years ago which is not a long time when you imagine that this law has been there since the British came but no one really knew about it and I mean the companies and the government they didn't really care and they even tried to fight against it when Pakos and other organizations started to claim NCR they were like well we don't know about it but it's there so yeah let's talk about it and um, yeah the main process is that um, if there are people living on the land and there's someone wants to buy it, they want to get a land title from the government. So the government has to check the land. And what they do is they send a notice. And it's not like they're going physically to see if there's someone living. They just put a notice in the notice board on like a general official notice board, which is mostly far away from the communities. And they have to go out and check every month if there is a notice and claim their rights within 30 days if there is such a notice. So it's it feels quite stupid because normally, I mean, they should come and really talk to them, but that's not the case. This is what they're working on. Uh, and there is a lot of change going on with the new government. But um, from what Galos and Nelson told me it's more like they used the whole land rights thing for the election campaigns and um, yeah so there's a lot more to do and uh, that's basically the whole thing about land rights and the other thing Pacos works on is resource management because indigenous communities take everything from the forest and Pacos helps them to stay safe sustainable so that they don't have to go out and buy stuff or that they can just like live their life peacefully and also to join other communities or to like get to know what they are doing share problems share solutions and to basically Pacos tries to build a bridge between villages organizations and all those different points which could essentially help each other so they can share what 
kind of problems they have at the moment. And um, yeah, for example, um, Nelson talked about a dam that's supposed to build in his home village and they are fighting against it for already 10 years, which is really so insane. And um, they also try to inform the media and get like get a voice and uh, to share what is actually happening. But well, that was also owned by the government. So um, the whole article turned out like just trying to justify the dam and what they, <laughs> they want to do with it. So yeah, that's why they more and more are moving towards their own newsletter, social media, so they could really share what they're thinking without anyone looking over it or maybe changing um, their whole message. Another cool thing is, what I think is, that um, 2014, the whole area was recognized by the UNESCO as a biosphere, which means um, not only about protecting the nature, but also the combination or the connection between man and nature. So the downside is uh, the government doesn't really recognize it. So they still, like Nelson put it, they're still trying to bulldoze it. Um, okay, so they're, they're saying it's for the water, but um, they are both thinking or assuming it's more the money behind it. Yeah. Um, what I felt in the interview and what I also asked them is, okay, then uh, where do you really, I mean, where do you take your motivation from? And they were like, okay, there are so many NGOs, maybe also like Safe Rivers from the last episode and the community itself, their family, their friends, and they're all fighting for the same goal. They all know what they're doing. And also younger people, they play a big, big role they can gather even more information, they can connect through the internet and share insights when they're traveling to see what's happening in other parts of the world because it's essentially it's the same, they have the same problems. Right now they're already seeing the bad impacts like dirty rivers, the logging and um, what really struck me is um, uh, I heard a phrase that sounded quite similar, but um, it's a quote now, and I really loved it. It's, um, Nelson said, the forest that we're trying to protect is not ours, it's for our next generation, and we don't want to inherit them a place that we destroyed. And he also talks about um, maybe they will curse us, they're saying, why did my grandfather left me such a crappy... Uh, place <laughs> so um, I mean it's it's really cool that they're really taking responsibility and they have the sense for it that somehow I feel we lost at some point I mean some of us um, we um, we sometimes just think about our own advantage about our own leisure and advantages and um, yeah I think that's really impressive when you have this kind of mindset to think about generations to come and what you will what you will still have to hand over actually so they really know what they are protecting and um, he also told me later that 
for him or for the communities, it's like the forest is their supermarket and the river is their refrigerator, which is, I don't know, I think it's really cool. And they actually take children in the forest. I mean, when they grow up there, they um, actually also learn the whole language from the forest. It's all in there. Yeah. And the same thing is they have they have so much knowledge, traditional knowledge. They know what they can take to um, live from it, but still sustain the whole the whole thing. So when it comes to climate change, um, he talked talked about, for example, um, a legal fishing system, which is actually one part is now in the law. That's how to manage the fish and the rivers, and they kind of they divide rivers in zones. So those where you can fish, those where you can not fish, and breeding areas. So they know that they know what to do. They don't take too much. I mean, they see they see the long term goal, and not like taking ten fish a day and then there's none left for the next day. So um, so Galos was also like. I mean, conservation is always about, or mostly about, there has to be no human, they're just ruining everything. But it's it's not like that. It's about, they have a saying in their language which says, um, save and protect. So to take humans that actually act the right way and um, they can live in harmony with the whole system. So that should work if you just know what to do and it feels like the indigenous people they know what to do <laughs> so we maybe should listen to them yeah so that's actually why i also think that um indigenous people they do like they do protest against a system that came up and that maybe all of us help to grow but they are in the end protectors of what we used to know and what we what we still should protect because I mean you listen now to the key points and um, I also felt like it all fits together and it makes so much sense but but in the end I mean I don't know we sometimes forget that we need we need living land we need clean water clean air we need a land to live on to build to eat from actually and um, I think there should shouldn't point where we're standing dead land without any water and feel like okay shit we can't eat our money what are we doing now <laughs> so it's good to see that there are so many i mean not many but there it's good to see that there are people that are still capturing what is left and they're still preserving it and they are uniting and building networks so i love to give them a voice and i love that you are listening right now and i love that um he want to take responsibility and we can all make our small changes in our everyday lives uh, when it's about food, clothing, travel. Um, we can learn so much when we travel and when we just talk to people. And if we would just all start in our hometown, see problems and look out for solutions. I don't know. I can just see what, I don't know, that would be so amazing. So, yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening and if you like the podcast maybe share your thoughts with me on my blog I have all my links and contacts and all that in, here in the description so you can just follow the links 
and also to Instagram or Facebook if you like. So, and also please review on this podcast and in your podcast app. That would be awesome. So more people, so more people can listen to it. So, oh, and I actually take like every feedback you want to give me. So. Except for the sound this time, uh, I know it was shitty, but um, let me know what you think, if you have any questions, um, yeah, let me know, and thank you for joining, I really appreciate it, really, and yeah. let's change perspectives.